Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the VR1 NFT podcast. I'm your host, and I just want to say thank you for you guys um, stopping by. I'm very deep into thought. I'm very emotional at this moment. Um, the holiday season is upon us, and I cannot help but to think about things, all kind of things, random things. And during the holidays, it tends to be all at once. Um, you know, right now, I am so grateful that you guys are here. And I'm actually going to ask you guys to join me for a cup of coffee. Um, obviously, I'm going to have to recycle my cup of coffee from the last few days because I need a lid and... The very nice young lady that helped me this morning forgot to give me a lid. Therefore, I have to improvise, but I didn't want to think too much of, of today's podcast. I just kind of wanted to, to put it together and bring you guys along, you know, and kind of just talk about things like I have a... I have a business meeting shortly, technically in about two hours and 40 minutes, but um, because I have a few errands to run, I'm going to go to that business meeting first, and then I'm going to slowly progress into my main meeting, and um, you know, a lot of things are, of course, flowing through my mind, I'm a human being, again, it's the holidays for me. It's a very emotional time. And that's what we're going to explore today. So I hope that you're preparing your tea or your coffee or your juice blend or your protein shake or your veggie blend. I hope you're enjoying your, your eggs benedict or your English muffins or your, your bagels or your toast or your oatmeal. Um, maybe you have some yogurt, maybe you have a continental breakfast, um, but whatever gets you started throughout the journey of your day, I sincerely hope and pray that, that you are enjoying the start of the day. So for myself, I'm treating myself to some Starbucks coffee, um, Sadly, I'm a businessman, so I have to also tell you that the prices have gone up 42%, but um, that's just because I'm a serial entrepreneur, and it's good to always take these financial mental notes and little things that we do. Believe it or not, every discipline affects every other discipline, and if you are conscious and aware of small changes, then uh, medium or big changes are no longer surprising. If you can build discipline with small things, you will be excellent at building discipline with, with, with more complex things. So I don't necessarily believe in big and small, more like some things are more complex while other things are more simplified. And, um, you know, Again, I'm, I'm very deep into thought, and I want to explore the the why, right? Why why do I feel these things? And instead of bottling them up inside, you know what I what I would like to do is express these things and you know kind of vent these things, right? Um, it's also good for business because, of course, it, it allows me to create content 
and you know from now and beyond you know it's all about the creation of content so there is no perfect storm you know i tell myself that every day there is no perfect delilah right there's no perfect snowflake even though they're all beautiful and unique you know sometimes we just have to do things you know for myself personally you know I have a lot going on at once, and I'll give you an example of um, how sometimes I forget myself because, you know, this is my normal, right? This is my normal operating range. So there's a business, an educational uh, foundation, an institution that I'm in the process of essentially building a partnership, right? Now, a partnership is is tenfold, right? There's so many layers to it. You know, you normally start at the bottom, you get to know the core business, and um, you kind of build from there, right? So after they offer me the opportunity to, you know, secure a contract, we start talking about credentials. And, um, you know, my resume is very, very extensive. But actually, is limited compared to all the things that I do and I'm involved in. So one conversation leads to the next conversation. And now we're talking about business experience and everything else. Now, obviously they're a new business. So they asked me a question to the extent of, so uh, where is your, your social media uh, for your, like, your your presentations and your demonstrations and mind you my resume already has a lot in it right and i'm keeping most out of it because i'm already retired so once we have a conversation they're like oh man we really really hit the jackpot like truthfully this is exactly what we were looking for and more and then now, it's like an irreversible thing, right? Because in order for me to tell you my story, I have to tell you my complete story, right? So in order for you to understand, you have to fully understand where I'm coming from. So even though I'm retired, per se, I still made it clear that I'm very well invested in this industry and in these types of businesses. But... You know, my main focus is technology. That is my my day-to-day. As you can tell, my podcast is part of that conglomerate. So, in a sense, you know, I'm being superhuman, right? And I'm realizing, wow, these people just have no idea. And there are things that we compartmentalize, right? There are things that we want to kind of not necessarily forget, but we want to put to the side during certain moments, right? And it reminded me of a lot of my past experiences. Of course, it highlighted many um, business investments that I've made over the years. Thus, and, and therefore... You know, kind of like putting everything in perspective to the point where like I was emotional reflecting on on those experiences and stuff like that. And um, I'm hyper competitive and I'm extremely good at everything that I do. So, for example, even in my podcast, you know, we're not going to do a review until we have 500 episodes. I remember when the goal was 50 episodes. I remember when, you know, it was it was that simple. I remember when I had no idea what the direction was. And I actually was looking for a way to escape the norm of digital marketing because it stemmed from me creating my NFT collection and setting a record for for the history books and then quickly realizing that I had broken free from the entertainment industry 
and especially the music industry because I've always been in the music business side and even in the entertainment business side, right? So all the people in positions of power went out of their way to continue this cold war that we've had mutually for 90% of my career. And all they had to do was limit the exposure that I could have had. So I said, okay, you guys don't want to give me an interview because you know that I just changed the entire industry. So I said, okay, I'm going to start a podcast and that's all I'm going to talk about. And then I'm going to share with them this entire journey so that people understand the authenticity of what I'm doing. This is what I truly believe. You know, even back when we had one listener and before we had the the joint venture with Spotify, which is where obviously, you know, the majority of our listeners are. But now I can create the podcast and send it to a hyperlink through MailChimp and I may not get the fancy numbers on their website because it's all part of their industry, right? It's, it's part of their hierarchy. Um, it doesn't matter because the word is still being um, spread all over the world with the power of the internet. And when it comes to NFTs and blockchain technology, those accomplishments are irreversible. No one can deny what I did August 20, uh, 21st in 2021. Actually, August 25th, I'm sorry. So, you know, it's only been a year and a half. Sometimes I am hard on myself because, you know, I wish that I could have done more or that I could have done things differently. But you have to understand this is a new technology. Also, um, having a conversation just yesterday, you know, with a very close friend of mine, you know, with what happened with FTX and Sam Bankman Freed, uh, it shook up the industry more than even the, the price of, let's say, Bitcoin um, changing dramatically, etc., so, you know, I have to, in a sense, pat myself in the back and say, you know what, I've done excellent for for the limited resources that I've had and, and, and what I've done in the industry. And at the same time, I can never forget where I came from and I can never forget how I started, you know? And that's really the the basis and the reality of of where I am right now, you know, like, you know, one of my businesses focuses on scaling and expanding businesses, right? And I'm securing a contract in that aspect, right? Now, through a conversation, they are aware of another business that I own that turns these types of businesses into franchises. So now, the the light bulb goes off because in a sense they are technically a franchise they're just not marketed as a franchise and the position that I would be undertaking is for educational purposes but at the same time it can be a conflict of interest if we don't secure a separate partnership because I'm also writing books on the actual teaching material so in a sense, I'm delivering a very basic version of my formula for success that I've, you know, it's been uh, tried in three to four hundred different business establishments. So just me having a conversation about that opens up a magnitude of elements that I necessarily am not willing to bring to the table at this interval because I have so many other investments going at the same time. So I'm a serial entrepreneur, right? Again, this is my normal. 
for the average day-to-day person, it's really not the way that they function. It's not the way that they view the world. It's not the way that they execute or manifest themselves in society, right? So all at the same time, when they're looking through my credentials, we're talking about future technology. You know, I'm discussing, you know, some military application designs that I have, some civilian application designs that I have, some autonomous, you know, automotive technology designs that I have, terrain programs, radar systems. And now I'm also securing another partnership with a a medical company. And of course, you know, the health care industry and the medical industry, that's a whole entire huge universe in its own. And at the same time, I'm also securing a contract with them that could potentially, just like this company, could potentially lead to another partnership where I'm actually designing medical equipment, hardware and software from within. So for them to process all of this data without me going into the specifics becomes a challenge for me because for me, it's common sense. Like everything that I love, I'm very, very good at and I'm very engaged and involved with on a day-to-day basis because I own a technology company. I'm connected to technology all day, every day. For some people, that may not be the case. So again, in this conversation, I'm discussing the fact that Part of my company is being imported from California, from the West Coast. And again, I am retired, but that does not mean that I'm not, you know, into these other industries and businesses and things of that nature. And, you know, I'm having this moment where I'm reminiscing, I'm facing challenges myself on an emotional level, on a psychological level. At the same time, look how much I'm already doing. Look how much I already accomplished. And for me, this is like the beginning. People are like, are you going to slow down? I'm like, no, I'm just getting started. You know, Um, I'll give you guys another example. And again, this is you're you're being introduced into the mind of a of a of a super genius. You know, Tesla and Einstein could learn from me, right? So yesterday, one of my first tasks for the day was again having a meeting with my one of my business partners. Um this is actually one of my older brothers. And we're talking about certain developments, right? In the sense of you know, I have my music career as an artist, right? Again, that has a whole, that's its own universe, right? And I'm hedging my investment in music entertainment, not just entertainment, just the music part in real estate, right? So I have a very well-balanced and diversified portfolio. I am very conservative, but like my my boy Kevin Pafrak uh, told me yesterday in the meeting we had, um, we're not afraid to make a big bet on something if we really believe in it. Win, fail, or lose doesn't matter. I'm 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 past that. In every failure, there's a lesson, and it's a unique lesson, and it it only helps you in the future, right? So, I'm having this conversation with my brother, and I'm going to tell you guys the specifics, right? First of all. There are properties that I'm interested in internationally um, that I thank my wife. We got into that type of real estate many, many years ago. And these properties are all new construction and they're very affordable. Um, It's kind of like the common consensus now in Europe and a lot of parts of the United States. Less is more. Um, Me personally, I don't need a 40-bedroom mansion. Um, I think a mansion is good enough. I don't think that a mansion should be $50 million. I do believe that a $5 million mansion is ridiculous. I think a $2 million mansion is fucking phenomenal. I think a $1 million mansion is amazing. But I also like a mansion that could be between five and 700000 I would be open to maybe spending eight nine 900000 so it's not what you do, it's how you do it. It's the way 
which we kind of filter things and it's the meaning that we give to things, right? So what makes a $900,000 mansion any different than a $15 million mansion? It's all the meaning and the perspective that you apply to that, right? Well, regardless of the fact, I believe just as COVID-19 has exposed many um, wannabe entrepreneurs that made a lot of money when the economy was being inflated with all this extra, uh, you know, all this extra debt that's created by, you know, them printing cash like it was going out of style. Um, a lot of those fake millionaires were exposed. And what happened a year later is they got dried out. So now it's the open playing field. Now this is the battlefield of the Warren Buffett. This is when you buy shit on the dip. You buy everything at a discount because all the fake players are out of the game. Which we'll circle back to Sam Bankman-Fried because he's definitely one of those pretenders that just became a fucking uh, scumbag. But regardless of the fact, they're very good people in the NFT space and blockchain technology and digital assets, etc. So... Because that consensus is common amongst a lot of people internationally and in many parts of the United States, people are downsizing from these $50 million mansions to things that are more practical. You know, for people that had a $50 million mansion, right now they probably live in a $12 million mansion, which is the right move. In my personal opinion, that is what you do. Um, There are many people that had a 12-bedroom mega mansion, you know, like a mini mansion, but like a mega house, right? They've downgraded to five, six bedrooms. There are people that have five, six bedrooms. They've downgraded to two or three bedrooms. So what we can do is learn from these mistakes that these people may have made in a different time frame. I want to bring up a point that uh, Kevin Paffraff uh, brought up yesterday, you know, we own corporations, we own investments, and I'm not saying between me and Kevin, but I'm saying like me, myself, and and all of you entrepreneurs that are listening, right? So when you think about it, he gives a breakdown on why he purchased his, uh, his second private jet for his media company. Because he has an ETF, you know, he has to explain where the funds are coming, where they're going, and who bought the jet because people are going to assume wrongfully that he used corporate funds to to buy the jet but anyway he's breaking that down and he's talking about tax write-offs how the jet will pay for itself in the first two to three years he bought the the vehicle at a great market value when it was sold originally it was sold over msrp because it comes from the 20 to 2021 era of covid19 so everything was hope you know over hyperinflated so now with inflation and the tax benefits and his cost of operation and downgrading from a bigger jet, he's actually going to be in the green a lot sooner. But the point that he made was our financial standpoint is going to completely change because it completely changes every day. And when you're doing like estate planning and you're doing financial management, These things are important and they're crucial because they can determine the efficiency and the effectiveness of your decision making. Smart business is about making smart financial decisions every step of the way. If I know that my projection for the business is X, Y, Z, and I know that the benefits are A, B, C, D, and E, right? I can make like a crucigram, right? I can make uh, uh, X and O diagram in order to achieve both goals to bring the business what it needs in this case it will be a private jet to be able to produce the income to supplement that expense knowing that I hedged that investment because I bought that plane at the perfect price For as an example right? regardless of the fact the same is true with real estate now how do we apply that? Well, it's very simple. A lot of these investors and entrepreneurs that learned this valuable lesson of less is more, people like myself that express things creatively and artistically 
in a completely different spectrum. This is why you guys are tuning in because this is not your average podcast and this is not your average radio, right? Well, it's very simple. Think about a race car. Think about Colin Chapman. Think about the Lotus Group. Less is more. Why? Because if I can make a vehicle lighter, it doesn't have to have as much power as a more powerful vehicle that is a lot heavier. So weight is power. It took me many years to understand that concept and grasp that concept 100%. Because of that, if I make a heavy vehicle, I'm automatically going to need to have a crazy amount of power to get the thing to move. Now, let's say for whatever reasons, um, my limitations in powertrain only allow me to create a lighter frame of maybe an experimental material to have the advantage of a vehicle that is not fast but is quick and it's not smooth but is swift. It can be both. It can be swift and it can be smooth and it can be fast just by being light. Why? Because I don't have the added weight. I don't need the added power. So I'll give you an example with the, you know, we use the private jets as an example, right? If I have a smaller jet that has less fufu, less distractions, at the same time, is newer, has less usage on it, was purchased at a better price, and is more fuel efficient. And because it's newer and there are incentives and it is a fuel-saving private jet, I can get, you know, extreme uh, discounts on, you know, tax liabilities. That's a win-win. That's a clear-cut decision, right? So that same concept applies to business all over the world. You want to tread lightly. You want to be able to change perspectives and you want to be able to be light on your feet. So if you have to change directions, just like momentum, that favors no one. You have to be able to change as fast as the market is changing with your products and services in all the decisions that you make. All these disciplines must be implied, right? And applied in order for it to be executed, you know, efficiently, right? So a lot of these Big-time hedge fund managers and investors and entrepreneurs and venture capitalists, not only are they making these decisions in their businesses, in their careers, in their investments, they're making these same decisions in their personal lives. So now, by default, it reflects on their forward investments, on their future investments. Now, because of that, When they invest in real estate and they're developing new construction and new land, they're not building these mega houses and mega mansions. They're applying that same principle that most people are going to be faced with the reality where they have to realize that if you don't need to have 22 bedrooms in a property where you live, where your family necessarily doesn't live most of the year it's unnecessary to have that much space therefore so when they're developing real estate they're saying we're going to build more effectively more efficiently and we're going to build smaller properties so now back to my conversation with my brother i'm looking at these small um condominiums and small apartments as investments not only are they more affordable and I can buy more of them, which I can rent more, etc. right? I can get more passive income from those investments. They're more efficient. They're more cost-effective, more energy-efficient. I mean, the benefits go on and on and on and on. And it also is appeasing or attractive to those entrepreneurs in different levels of their career or their personal lives, 
And those are the ones that understand our mentality now. And that's what they're looking for in the future. Because if I myself as an entrepreneur and as an artist, engineer, whatever you want to label me as, if I'm considering that, I know for a fact there are millions of people exactly like me that realize, you know what? A hundred car collection is amazing. But 12 cars is not bad. There's only seven days in a week. I can only drive one a day. You can only drive one car at a time. I'm a recovering car collector, so this is why I always give you guys automotive concepts, right? Because this is how I express myself, right? Creatively, artistically. So now, I'm looking at my career. I have a worldwide tour coming up. I have a whole bunch of projects and investments in entertainment. So automatically, I'm like, this is the ticket. X amount of performances, X amount of releases, X amount of profit equals X amount of these small apartments and baby condominiums. As time progresses, I start looking into different investment strategies because this is what COVID has done. If you did not evolve, if you did not grow or learn from, work on yourself during this process, you are not ready for what is about to come. This is only the beginning. This is the beginning. The bubble hasn't even burst yet. My personal opinion, not financial advice for the record and let the record show. So, as time is progressing, my strategy is changing. I'm developing new products such as, you know, new NFT collections, working on new music, working on the music part, right? And I devise a new strategy. At first, you know, I'm from the belief of planting my own seed and watering the ground, buying fertile soil, you know, giving it sunshine and rain and love and caring to grow the tree and, and, and you know, essentially cultivate my own mangoes. That's my mentality, right? So in real estate, you know, I got to the point where I was so inspired by people like uh, Manny Koshman and Kevin Pathraft, to, to name a few, right? And I'm like, you know what? Where I would like to be in the investment cycle is in the very beginning. I would like to buy land, develop new construction, and sell at an immediate profit as soon as the construction is done. I'm from an era where I started building franchises and my business partners were like, okay, we're going to build it up and sell it. And I would take it so personal. I didn't understand that that is the business. It took for me to get closer to my uncle, Dan Pena, to understand um, that that is quantum growth. And there is no other mathematical, scientific way to achieve it unless you're super duper, 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 duper lucky. And that may happen once in a lifetime. I cannot afford to make my investments on a once in a lifetime event. It has to be something more consistent than that, right? So I didn't understand that dynamic, right? So every business and every investment has a life cycle. It has different stages, has different parameters, and different elements that allow it to grow. Great. All amazing things. Beautiful. Very beautiful. Well, I think about this strategy. First of all, number one, I'm moving overseas permanently. You know, Europe is my home, number one. Any certification, any permits, any licenses that I hold in the United States do not exist overseas. So picture me having the potential to get into real estate in Europe, and now I have to start from zero. I have to build credit for the banks there. I have to be part of their financial system. I have to become a citizen there. Now I have to go through the educational process because construction is not the same all over the world. There are standards, but every region, every country has its own thing, right? So now I got to put myself in a position financially 
where I can sustain the education process, um, where I have businesses or investments that sustain me and my family during this process where I can get licenses and permits and whatever, whatever. Then I have to also have extra capital to actually invest in the land. Now I have to seek out contractors, equipment, material, this, that, and the third. Before you know it, it's more complicated than it needs to be. How can I simplify that? How can I think in computer terms since I'm all about technology? What is the most efficient thing I could do here? Very simple. I have a lot of friends and colleagues in real estate. They are of the international crowd. They have development properties all over the world, either directly through their investments, indirectly through the companies that they invest in. Okay, so I can benefit from all of this, their experience, their know-how, their engineering. For example, there's a company that I'm, I'm looking forward to partnering with in the investment that I'm going to talk to you guys about, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. All they do is design major developments, and they don't just get involved with every developer or contractor for construction. Like, they pick and choose what they design and what they build and what they put together. So long story short, I say, okay, how can I make this more efficient? Very simple. I have um, a few colleagues that own a few properties. Some I'm interested in, some I'm not. But there's this one property that I'm going to talk to you guys about. It's 32 stories. It's a tower, brand new tower. Brand new construction. This property will be finished around December of 2026. So I'm already thinking about 26. We're in 2023 in a few more days, right? It's 32 stories. It has uh, commercial real estate on the first platform, first floor. So the, the living space begins uh, from the second floor up on the 20th floor. There's office space and some retail, but restaurants and like a event gala place where you could rent out and, and host events. Then there's, you know, you have the 32 towers, right? You have the 32 stories above the first ground level, which is warehouse and, and commercial real estate. Now, on the very, very top, which would be the 33rd floor, is a penthouse that the initial investors have reserved for themselves. So, how can I become a part of this? Well, I'm hedging the investment by buying all these baby condominiums and all these smaller apartments, also in new developments with some other friends that, you know, I've been able to, to, to develop over the years. Now, that is giving me the leverage to enter into this investment. You know what's the best thing that I could do? Very, very simple. I can look at this 32-story high-rise, this entire shopping center below it, as an investment opportunity. What would I like? 10 to 15%. You know what that means for me? I can buy 10 to 15% of the floors in this tower, which would be three to five floors. Now, I don't have to buy the land. I don't need any permits. I don't need equipment. I don't need material. I don't need supplies. I don't need a crew. I don't need um, contractors. Like, I don't have to do anything but invest in the developmental company on one side, which could be my 5% investment, then 10% in the actual property. So my money is protected in both ways, either the, the engineering company or the construction company, which are combined with the architectural design firm. And that's a long-term investment because I'm, I'm going to get the benefit in multiple properties, but also in the actual floors. Now, what is my mentality? I want to buy the building. Look how everything develops from the baby step all the way to running, right? I want the building. For this particular property, 
they're asking about seven and a half million dollars. Okay, new construction. I'm gonna keep saying that. All new everything. I mean, this building is gonna make me money for the next fifty years. All new construction, seven point five million. Now, to be honest with you, I can buy this building cash probably for four point seven million. If I just cash them out, if I just say, listen, you're entitled to make a profit. I'm gonna give you four point seven for the building, and I'll let you make another, you know, million five. Something like that. Okay? So 4.7, a million five. We are at five, six, seven point two. They want seven point five. Let's say we meet in the middle. I give them five million dollars cash. I own everything. Money in the bank. Every floor has six condominiums, but these are like penthouses. So these are two-bedroom, two-baths, or three-bedroom, three-baths. I have my enter strategy, I have my developmental strategy, and I have my exit strategy. All in one investment. I have my insurance, which is my hedge, which is the income from the other smaller apartments and baby condominiums. But without those investments, without me doing my, my concert, and releasing my NFTs, I wouldn't be able to get into those smaller properties. Without those, I couldn't get into the baby condominiums. Without those, I wouldn't be able to buy uh, three to five floors of this tower. And without that, I couldn't hedge to try to buy the building in cash. Because remember, the property is still being built. I still have three years to come up with that, you know, million-dollar uh, down payment investment, etc. So now, what would be the strategy if I just keep it simple and I focus completely on just buying the actual three to five floors? It's very, very simple. If every If every floor has six units and I buy all six units, that means that that floor is mine. Let's say I buy four floors. Four times six is how much? It's 24 units. But what happens if I take every two or three units and I make it uh, a penthouse? What would be the value if each one of those properties is anywhere from 700000 to 900000 What would happen if I combine both of them? Could I pull off selling them for $2 million? The answer is 100% absolutely yes. That would be the response. That would be the answer. So that would be the way that I would hedge the actual investment. This would be the way that I would actually do it. And again, none of this is possible if I don't have the sequence of events for the investment that I'm actually making. So I'll give you an even better example. As I'm looking through um, investment properties, and I'm actually taking some classes online, I come across another property. And this property is even better, and it's also all new construction. I'm going to explain to you exactly what the difference is. This property, for one, is inside the United States. For two, this property is not $7 million, they're asking $17.5 million. So it's $10 million more, but this is the best part. First of all, let me give you the, the data points on this particular investment. For one, this property is almost two and a half times the investment. So it's, it's almost two and a half times the headache, right? Okay. I give you that. No problem. But this property has four or five buildings. Even though the towers are only seven to nine floors, they're not necessarily a high rise, but they are in the United States. Do you know how many properties, how many units this new construction has? It has 204 units. There is a sister property that has 214 rental units. And that one is at 97% capacity. 
That's on one side of the property. On the other side of the property, there is a a, a retirement privately owned community, and the 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 entry level unit there is about eight hundred thousand dollars, and they're almost completely sold out. Now, also, this is a waterfront property. And a waterfront property that has access, for example, if you have a private yacht, you'll have access to the property. So all these beautiful elements, right? All these beautiful things that are put together for this property do come at a premium of, for example, $10 million. So basically, the benefit is that instead of having 32 stories with six um, six units in each floor, which I think it would be a total of 180 properties. This one has 204. So I'm already winning because I have an extra 24 properties. On top of that, this uh, investment in the United States is already bringing in $600,000 uh, uh, per, is it per month? Yeah, it's already bringing in 600000 per month actively meaning the initial moment that I buy the property I'm already guaranteed 600,000 is coming in whereas it's going to take a little bit of time for my new tenants and my newer building internationally um on top of everything else the important consensus is is very simple and it's very basic right the choice comes down to how much of a headache a person is willing to undertake because now I superseded looking at the apartments and the baby condominiums and then the condominiums and buying the floor and buying this building because now I'm thinking to myself, just leasing this property in the United States and making dollars where, you know, international currency is different and the laws are different and, you know, Protection as far as your investments are completely different. That advantage I have to credit America for. Um, with two hundred and four units, you know, two or three hundred thousand um, a month is automatic, and you know, at a rate of twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars per month, that puts me at my same six hundred thousand evaluation. So that means ten months, you know, I'm at six million dollars. You know, 7.2 in a year. Remember, the property is only $17.5 million. And that's the asking price. That's not even what I would offer for it. If I could make a bid on it, I'll offer fourteen three, all day. They may say, well, same thing as before. We'll, we'll take 15 We'll take 16 But I definitely won't pay full price for it. I definitely I'll never pay asking price for the property. Now, this property is also projected to bring in a 300% return. So this is a property that is going to make me, you know, close to $50 million, you know, in the next five to 10 years. So again, it's still a fucking 10, $15 million investment. I'm going to make $35 million. Yes, I'm going to have to fucking wait 10, 15 years to do it, but that's okay because that's still fucking three, four million dollars a year of passive income. And I'll give you an example. In Florida, I put a bid to buy the um the Shaquille O'Neal mansion. Um they had an asking price, I bid seventeen. The house sold for nineteen million. There's no way today that I could have lived with myself. Had I made that investment two years ago, just two years ago, with now having this opportunity to buy this fucking building, knowing that I'm going to make well over $20, 30000000 million, if, of course, in a perfect universe, if everything goes as planned, which is not reality, but it's a good measurement, kind of like a good aim, in other words. Um, even if I made $20 million instead of 30 or 35 even if I, I just doubled... $15 million, even at a fraction of a fraction, I will still make good profit on it. And um, 
it goes to show you how much I've grown as a human being, as a person, how much more I've learned about real estate and waiting for the right time and for the right opportunity. And because of that, my approach is completely different. That is the reason why I have to centralize myself and my thoughts. This is why it's so important to be careful in all the decisions that I make. You know, by comparison, with an NFT collection, I could make billions of dollars. And that changes everything because now every other business that seems to be a primary business is a secondary business. And every other investment that seems complex and, and huge in size becomes more simplistic. So where do we find balance? For myself, there's just a drive inside of me that is an uncontrollable force. Like I feel like this is my life's calling. This is what I was put on this earth to do. You know, I was able to figure out that there was something more to life and, and the quality of the life that we live. And all we need to do, in a sense, is reach out for our dreams. That's what it's all about. This all spawned from these conversations, what has happened in the last 72 hours. And before I went to bed, this was the last email. And it was on my goal list. It was the last email that I sent out. Now, I am preparing myself mentally to engage in a conversation where this collective for the educational business is only going to have more questions. It's only going to have um, more inquiries. And they're, of course, thinking about a franchise possibility. They're, of course, going to say, well, if you're putting together some books and some training courses and literature, you know, can can we invest in that? Can can you make a version for us? Can you outsource some of your material to us to make our own within our franchise? I'm not even thinking about that. But as an entrepreneur, if the opportunity presents itself, of course I'm going to embrace it, even if not for myself. Even if I can um, refer to a friend and say, yo, you know, this is a good investment. These are the, the schematics. These are the details. Do you want to... Uh, get yourself involved, etc. So all of these things are very important and very uh, common in the sense that positivity is just as infectious as negativity. And by you just being in a positive environment, there's no limit to what you can do. Thank you guys for your time. We'll be back on the next one. Thank you once again for tuning in to the VR1 NFT podcast. I'm your host, and I hope that this helps you in your journey. Always dream big because dreams come true. It happened to me. I know for a fact it's going to happen to you. May you have a blessed day today. May you conquer everything in your path, and may everything that you touch turn into solid gold.